Grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Turn our attention again to Philippians chapter 3. We'll begin reading in verse 12. Not that I've already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus also took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself to hold of it yet, but there is one thing I do. Forgetting the things that are behind and straining toward the things that are ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Take a minute to think of something that you would say is your number one priority, your greatest goal. If you had a choice to do one thing, if you had one wish that you could have, what would it be? Did you think of something? Some of you maybe were thinking of good health, world peace. Maybe you were thinking of some project that you wanted to finish at home, maybe a new house or a new car. Maybe you're thinking of recreation, uh, playing a sport, going on a vacation, going fishing. Luke, maybe you were thinking of something to do with basketball. I don't know. Could be. It's good for us to have goals and priorities in our life. Otherwise, we're just kind of living life aimlessly, kind of like a, a ship without a rudder. Sure, you probably already guessed. Our number one goal, our most important priority in life, is to be in heaven one day. That's the goal that the Apostle Paul is encouraging us to pursue with all our strength. And as Jesus put it, what good is it if a man gains the whole world yet loses his own soul? This morning we're reminded that heaven is our home. Our number one goal is to live in that heavenly home with Jesus forever. And Paul reminds us there are some things that distract us and get us get in the way of pursuing that goal. But then he also shows us the things that will encourage us to remember that reaching heaven is the most important goal, a goal that we want to pursue with all of our strength. First, let's talk about the fact that heaven is our home. Paul says, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus also took hold of me. And then he makes sure we understand what he's talking about when he says that Jesus took hold of him for something. He says our citizenship is in heaven. The whole reason that Jesus left the heavenly home, his throne in heaven, and came down to earth was so that he could live and die for us. He came so that he would take hold of us, so that he could redeem us, so that he could purchase us with his own blood, buy us back from sin, death, and from the devil. He came so that he could write our name in his book of life, so that our names would be on that roster, that list of people who are citizens of heaven forever. By birth, our citizenship is only on earth. 
by rebirth of water and the Spirit, our citizenship is also in heaven. What a gracious gift of God that is. As I said, no one is born a citizen of heaven. No one can purchase citizenship in heaven, no matter how rich they are. No one can travel there on their own. Because Jesus is the only way, the only one who can show us the way. But just as he did Paul, Jesus has taken hold of us. He's called us to faith in him. He's shown us the way. He's given us a certificate of citizenship in heaven. He's given us a title deed to a mansion that he's preparing for us there. He did all of this only because of his love not because we've done anything to earn it or deserve it. The problem is that a lot of times we don't appreciate what God has done for us. We don't appreciate this gift of citizenship in heaven. We don't value that great gift of God. We have a tendency to treat it kind of like a life insurance policy. You get those papers and you stuff them in a safe or a drawer somewhere and you just kind of forget about them. One of the biggest things that keeps us from remembering that heaven is our home is just that, taking it for granted, complacency. Paul encourages us not to do that when he says, not that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it yet, but there is one thing I do. Forgetting the things that are behind and straining forward toward the things that are ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. When God called the Apostle Paul to faith on the road to Damascus. He didn't just sit back and say, well, I'm good now, I'm saved. I can just go back home and live the way I was living before. No, he didn't look at it that way. He pressed on, he says. He pursued the goal. He strained. He worked hard to make sure that he didn't lose that gift that Jesus had given him. He didn't consider himself to be perfect. He knew that no matter how righteous anybody is, no human being is perfect. We're reminded today at confirmation that our confirmations aren't an end. They're a beginning. Confirmation isn't the key just to sit back and say, okay, now I'm a member of the church, I'm, I'm good. It's a reminder that we have a foundation on which we need to continue to build. To keep digging into the Word of God, to keep worshiping and praying, growing and maturing in our faith every day. Paul says, let us walk in line with what we've already attained. Don't go backwards. To be complacent in your faith is, if you're not growing, you're going backwards. Don't take it for granted. Don't treat what God has given you as that insurance policy that you just put in a drawer somewhere and never bother with again. Paul often represents the Christian life in terms of a race. In order to win the prize, you have to go into training. He says, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. 
They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave. So that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Athletes train, train hard, hours a day. They're able to get through the pain and get through all that difficult training by keeping their eyes and their mind focused on the goal. And then on the race day, everything goes into it. They strain, keeping their eyes fixed on that goal so that they're not distracted or tripped up. That's the way it needs to be for us. Like an athlete, trained daily in God's Word, constantly looking for ways to apply what we've read and studied to the world around us, what's happening, what's happening in our own lives. Keep your eyes firmly fixed on that crown of life that's waiting for you in heaven. Paul says, train hard. Run the race that God has marked out to you Run it with all your strength. Pursue that goal. Making sure that no one and nothing distracts you. As Jesus said, hold fast what you have. Don't let anyone take your crown. Pursuing the goal often brings trouble, rejection. We see that in Jesus. We see that in the Apostle Paul, certainly. Seems like almost the moment that he was brought to faith in Jesus, someone was trying to kill him. He was beaten, he was stoned, he was thrown into jail, all because of his faith. How could he go through it? Because he remained focused on the goal. He kept reminding himself that this earth wasn't forever. His citizenship wasn't only here, but he had an eternal citizenship in heaven. You remain focused on the goal. As we remembered that Jesus was rejected too. By the leaders of his day, they looked at him and said, that stone couldn't possibly be the one. That couldn't possibly be the Messiah. But God exalted him and made him the head of the corner, the perfect stone, the one that everybody needs so that we can be exalted with him. Think about the example of the people in Ukraine. Think about how strong they've been. Think about how they've been willing to give up anything and everything to defend their country. They don't want to lose their citizenship. Again, that's the way it is for us, right? Our citizenship is in heaven. We're willing to give up anything and everything so that we don't lose what God has won for us and what he's given us. Paul says, as he does this, he forgets what is behind. Forgets the good and the bad. At the beginning of the reading, he talked about the good things that he had done in the past. He forgets those because he realizes that no matter what good things we do, they don't contribute to our salvation. They don't help us get to heaven. We're not going to rest our laurels on those things that we have done, not a righteousness from the law. He forgets those good things. We also need to forget the bad. 
Our past sins are a pretty powerful tool of Satan. He loves nothing more than to keep making a list of all our sins and then throwing them up in our face and asking us, do you really think God could forgive you for all those things? Paul says he forgets those things. Well, he remembered that he persecuted the church, and there may be some sins that keep coming back to our minds, but we forget those things by forgetting the punishment. The condemnation that we deserve for those sins has been taken away. That's how we forget what is behind. Dwelling on the past, either good or bad, can cause us to forget that heaven is our home. Another thing that can get in the way of remembering that heaven is home and making that our goal is material things. Paul says, to be sure, many walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. I told you about them often, and now I'm saying it while weeping. Their end is destruction, their God is their appetite, their glory is in their shame. They are thinking only about earthly things. How easy it is for us to fall that trap in our world today. We're citizens of the earth by our physical birth, and we have busy lives. We have to go to work. We have to put food on the table. We think we have to watch that favorite show on TV. We think that we have to have time to rest, time to enjoy our favorite sport, time to go on vacation. How easy it is for us to have our minds focused on those earthly things, things that satisfy our sinful nature's greed and selfishness. How easy it is to glory in the things that we have accomplished and forget to give glory to the one who gave us the ability and the opportunity to accomplish those things. When Peter didn't want to accept the fact that Jesus would be rejected and that he would have to suffer and die in order to be the Messiah, Jesus reminded him that his mind was on earthly things, that he had mind the things of man instead of the things of God. Happens far too often, we all have to confess that our things, our, our minds are on heavenly things, maybe not very often. Hour on Sunday, our minds are on earthly things most of the rest of the time. To battle that kind of temptation, Paul said, Whatever things were a profit for me, these things I have come to consider a loss because of Christ. But even more than that, I consider everything to be a loss because of what it is worth far more, knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have lost all things and consider them rubbish, so that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, which comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God by faith. One of the things that helps us keep focused on that goal of holding on to our eternal life, holding on to our citizenship in heaven, is the fact that this world is going to come to an end. Our citizenship on earth is going to end sooner or later, one way or another. But our citizenship in heaven, that's eternal. That never ends.
When Jesus comes again, we have his promise that he will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body. Paul says it will help us if we pay attention to those who are walking according to the pattern he gave us. That if we follow his example, his follow his example of keeping that sinful nature under control, drowning our old Adam by daily contrition and repentance. And then in the next chapter, he says, in a positive way, focus on these things, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. By birth, we're all citizens of this world. We have busy lives. Because of this, it's often difficult to remember that this earth is not our permanent home. We're just visitors here. Heaven is our permanent home. Our citizenship is there. If we're going to remember that this important fact and have it affect our lives, we need to work hard. Remaining, reminding ourselves each day of what God has done for us and what he has promised us. Make it your most important goal for you as a person, for you as a family, to pursue that goal. Your citizenship in heaven, with all the strength that God gives you. Amen. In the peace of God that